This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Free Odyssey app. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. Thursday Night Football follows a battle of the cats. No. Not a bad <laughs> And Chris Ello. My wife, for her part, in the wake of me having my car hit, you got to be careful where you park. <laughs> Comment. And I got to tell you, I love you, but that was a mistimed <laughs> remark. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! 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 With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. What's up, everyone? Tony Quinn. <laughs> third, third time's a charm there. I, that was hilarious, but nobody knows how hilarious that was. Uh, that was my third what's up, everyone. But Tony said, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Mike wasn't quite catching, but finally got the mic going. You guys are here. We're here, and by we're, I mean myself, Chris Ello, and uh, you know our guy. We got Ma- Big Frank. Ma- Matt Scraby is out today, hitting balls, hopefully straight somewhere. He's at uh, Tory Pines. He's living the high celebrity life today. Matt Scraby is. But our big, but big man Frank is in the building. Running man. the ones and twos today. So, uh, first, uh, Mr. Ella, welcome back, man. You've been, it feels like you've been gone forever. But I know. It was just two I days. know. And uh, I'm going to be gone again a little bit tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back on the uh, second half of the show tomorrow. We're, we're, we went from uh, Laramie yesterday, or uh, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, come home for one day, then tomorrow flying into what is supposedly a snowstorm mm. in Boise, Idaho. That'll be fun. To play there on Saturday. I just texted my buddy up there in Boise. I said, you want to get together for breakfast Saturday? And he said, if I can get out of my house. Right. I'm like, what? What is that? You know, like, that's not a response I normally get. You don't get. get that in San Diego. No. If I can get there, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to go to breakfast on Saturday. But I guess there's a big snowstorm coming to Boise. So, uh, yeah, weather uh, being a factor for me this week, but uh, happy to be uh, uh, back home today, Tony, and uh, 
I'll tell you one thing, coaches are falling fast. Yeah, Coaches man. are falling fast. Wow, we're losing all the goats. They're, 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 uh, they're gr- the gears have been grinded to a halt in a, in a lot of these uh, yeah. cases. And real quick, because I know some of you guys are probably wondering why, for those who have been watching on YouTube, why you can't see us yet. We're working on it right now. Oh, Guys yeah. having some technical difficulties. I'm okay with that. <laughs> today, I've always felt that a face for radio. Today could just be a, a, a strictly radio show. Hopefully that's not the case. This is what happens when, when Scraby exits to go play golf. I mean, yeah, he doesn't these, tell anybody what to do. These are the things that can happen. So we'll make sure to give him a, a, a lot of hell about that when he comes back. But back to your point. Coaches. Yeah. Uh, another one bites to dust today, and this one does seem like it was, uh, uh, you know, both sides agreed to it. But Bill Belichick will no longer, after 24 years, wow, uh, be the head coach for the New England Patriots. Yeah, you know, there's a few things about Belichick. I mean, first of all. I don't think he's done. I I, I don't. He, I, I think he's going to land yeah, somewhere. I, he's, I agree. He's got 14 wins to go to pass Don Shula as the all-time winningest coach, and I don't think that motivates him necessarily. But at the same point, uh, you know, the same thing. He's that close uh, to being the all-time winningest coach. He's already the all-time championship coach, and the the one thing that I've always felt with Belichick is if you go back. To the very, very beginning. Remember, he kind of first came on the scene as a defensive coordinator for the great New York Giants team of the mid-80s that uh, blew out the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and he was with Bill Parcells there. Well, then he got hired as head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I don't know if anybody even really remembers that. It's been so long ago. He had a little success, but not a lot, and it kind of blew out, and that was kind of the end of that, and they they parted ways in Cleveland. Another brilliant decision by the Browns, by the way, something that's kept them irrelevant for the last 50 years are decisions like getting rid of Bill Belichick. But I remember you know, the whole thing with Robert Kraft and the Jets had hired Belichick, and then he was going to go to the Jets, and then he didn't go to the Jets, and then Robert Kraft made a trade and ended up sending a bunch of stuff to the Jets because he wanted Belichick so badly. And I remember thinking, what is Robert Kraft doing here? I mean, this is a coach that already proved he couldn't really get the job done, and you're trading all your assets away just to bring this guy in as a coach. And it turned out Robert Kraft knew what he was doing. Spot on. He was spot on. (laughs) So what's happened, though, is how many coaches do you think in the last 25 years, Tony, have failed in their first opportunity as a head coach and gotten a second chance because of what Belichick did? Oh, recently. Yeah, Um, in the last 25 years. I imagine there's a a lot of owners that have said to themselves, you know what, this guy wasn't successful. The first time, but I'm going to hire him this time because look what happened with Belichick. Yep. I think he's given a lot of guys a second chance. His run started what the ninety late nineties for yeah, New England, right? I, I, one that comes to mind like immediately is Pete Carroll, yeah, who, who struggled for the the Jets. He struggled for Patriots. The Patriots goes to college, starts to have success, and you know, in some ways, I think Bill Belichick kind of opens up the door for that. Um, listen, I don't know. It's hard to say because a lot of the guys that have been getting second chances, I don't know if that's necessarily a Bill Belichick factor or the, or the or you know the NFL just doesn't really 
they hadn't for a while that they hadn't really ventured outside of the kind of the recycled candidates. Right. There, but There's so many recycled. That's what I'm getting to. Is and you hit it. Is the recycled thing where we go? Well, that's another recycled coach. Yes, well, but Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport, yeah. was a also recycled. a recycled coach. <laughs> yeah. His first time around here, I'm looking it up now, uh, Tony, with Cleveland, he coached there five years from 1991 to 95. He went 6-10, 7-9, 7-9. Then he snuck into one playoff in 1994. He went 11-5. And then the next year he went 5-11. Then he was out of the head coaching world for five more years. This is where he starts to game plan right here. So, Bob, you're right, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he's he's the all-time recycled coach. This is a guy that was lousy for five years, took five years off, and then all of a sudden Robert Kraft is trading his entire organization to get him. What did Robert Kraft know that nobody else knew? Or he knew he was maybe somebody a, somewhere uh, knew. He clearly knew something because, as you said, it wasn't as though. And listen, I don't know. In that time where he, you know, from '96 to 2000, I don't remember what, what he, he was, was doing. doing. Right. I don't I, recall where I don't he know was if he in those four years. A hot commodity for a defensive coordinator, or what he was doing at that point, but. Clearly, he was. I'm looking it up now. He was an assistant head coach with the Jets in '97, '98, and '99. And then they were going to make him head coach in 2000. That's right. And that's, that's right. when Robert Kraft jumped in and said, no, we want him. In fact, I think he was the head coach of the Jets for like two days, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah. It's hard to remember yeah. it all. But anyway, there's so many recycled coaches that have come back, not really done all that well, and you say, well, what are they thinking? I mean, they just hired a recycled coach. Well, I bet you what they were thinking was, my guy's going to be the next it, it, Belichick. It, I mean, well, I mean, listen, it, it's it's kudos to to Bill because he he came back and a few things, a few different things happened um, that I don't think happened for him in Cleveland. He never had the likes uh, of a of a Tom Brady oh, hey, no. to draft. Now, granted, he went out and drafted Tom Brady. So, yes, he did. So he he gets all the credit for that. Um, I mean, you could argue Cleveland never even had a Drew Bledsoe that that who he had before Tom Brady took over. So right. it helped that he had better pieces. But clearly, the time he took away, the five years, um, he was able to come back and do something a tad bit different. We don't know what that was. I, I, I would love to hear from some of the players that played for Bill Belichick when he was in Cleveland to see, to kind of, because we know what it was like in, in, in Patriotville, right? We know We know how things were conducted there. Did that... Five years of experience in Cleveland shape how he was going to move forward. I don't know. I, that would be. I think that's that would the, be part of the book. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and, and I know Belichick had a great book that he wrote about his coaching career, and I read a lot of it a long, long time ago. So I don't really recall, you know, what clicked on or what changed or was it to just help as simply him. as the players, or was I, it just the players? Yeah. Because there's a lot of Belichick critics out there. Who will tell you? No way. The only way he won, and a reason he ever won anything was Tom Brady. And, you know, it's it's a little hard to argue that in the sense that Brady was the quarterback for all six of his Super Bowl championships. But I, and the fact is, since Brady left, right, you know, seven and nine, 10 and seven, eight and nine, four and 13, those four last four years haven't been all that great without Brady. 
But I, I, I just can't believe that it was all Brady. Yeah, here's what I'll say. I really it, can't it, believe that. It, because I think it's so easy to remember Tom Brady when he became Tom Brady, right? But there was a, about a three-year period there where Tom Brady was, uh, as you know, that, that name that nobody likes to, to say now, but game manager. Right um, was was the deal? It was their defenses that were yeah were the. I mean, this guy was ahead of his time on defense. For sure. I'm sorry, you know. I mean, For he sure. made he made Pro Bowl players on defense out of guys that were just guys. I mean, I, I don't know how many Hall of Famers New England has from their defense. Willie McGinnis jumps to mind. Uh, some of those secondary law, guys. I think the the, yeah, the defense. Ty Law. Ty I law. fought the law. <laughs> yeah, and I lost, but. I, I just think Belichick's a great coach, and I'm sorry if you want to if you want to take try to take it away from him. Go ahead and take it away from him. But uh, you know, Phil Jackson had Jordan and Kobe and Shaq, and John Wooden had you know Kareem or Lou Alcindor. Then Bill Walton, the greatest college player of all time, potentially. Yep, yep. Every great coach has had great to players. have great players. Right. You you can't do without it. It was a funny thing in this Mark Ziegler story today about the Aztecs' win over San Jose State the other night, and Ziegler was going through the final play of the game and what San Jose State drew up and what the Aztecs planned defensively. And he said San Jose State didn't do what they were supposed to do, and the Aztecs didn't do what they were supposed to do, and yet the Aztecs won because Jay Powell made that great block shot. And Brian Dutcher said... That's why players decide games, not coaches. Right. And that's the ultimate thing. No matter how good of a coach you are, if you don't have the guys, it's but, not going to really matter. But on the flip side of that, right, that's one play in which no one executed. Right. How often are we talking about, like, a, a Patriots team or a Warriors team and how they do execute consistently, which is what makes right. them so good, which is a testament to the coaching, not – the players, right? The, the coaching, the players got to go out and, and execute. But the consistency and the, the attention to detail is something that you're, is beat into you. You know, it's not necessarily, not, not actually beat into you, but <laughs> it's said so much that yeah. you have to start taking it. And that's, that's coaching. That's no, you got to consider Belichick one of the greatest of all time. If he's not the greatest in the NFL, if you want to go with Vince Lombardi, you want to go with George Hallis, you want to try Shula, you want to try Landry. I, I don't know who you're going to go with as your all-time greatest, you know, coach or X's and O's guy, Bill Walsh. Yeah. But no matter what you're going to say, if you're going to have a discussion, Belichick's going to be in it. Yeah. He's going to be in the discussion. Be. You can't have be. it without him. And uh, I, I don't think he's done. I, I don't know where the perfect landing spot is for him. I think you know he's 71 years old. Uh, it's pretty crazy, Bel- right? Bel- Pete Carroll, 72. Nick Saban, 72. Belichick's about to be 72. Yep. Tony, I only got a few years left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> it sounds like he's still – I mean, I saw, already saw a report that the the uh, Falcons and the Commanders are two teams Oh yeah, um, okay. that, that could be in the Belichick sweepstake. Um, I, I, I just – it's it's hard for me to believe he's ready to – he doesn't seem like he's ready to stop coaching. I don't think so. And I, I think there's – even though he would never admit to it and why he would never admit to it, because he never admits to anything. Right. But I don't think he would ever admit to it. But there's probably a piece of him somewhere that says – you know, he hears the criticism about Tom Brady being the reason why he was so successful. Oh, without a doubt. He's got to hear that. Without a doubt. So he would love to rebuild one more team, 
you know, get them into Super Bowl contention, and then ride off in the sunset and say, "Take that." The Athletic is 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 hitting this story from all angles. Right. Uh, they got the ten potential head coaching candidates. They also have a story about him and Robert Kraft's relationship over the last three years and yeah. how it kind of soured to get to this point that we are today. Now, don't get me wrong. Losing uh, is ultimately the sure. thing. That if he was still fourteen point. and two, we wouldn't we, have come we, to this. We wouldn't be having this conversation, I believe, at least. So, uh, we got a full four with you guys today. Mike Schilt joint, um, Annie and, and Elston. I want to say Craig. I want to call him his first name. He she joined them earlier today, uh, and we'll we'll play. He does some have here. a first name, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, it. I did. You know, I don't know if everybody knows him by his first name, so. <laughs> I had to make sure I checked myself. But he, he he joined the crew earlier today. We'll play some of that interview in the 2 o'clock hour. A.J. Cassavell has an interesting article on Jake Cronenworth. We'll slice into that a little bit. Daily Gambit, some of your favorites to come. More Gwen and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, great to be uh, with you on this Thursday. You know, the longer we go, Tony, the longer I have to uh, delay before I say what day it is. I forget almost every time. <laughs> well, now you're traveling, too, so that's Traveling, that, that, that going in and out. Worse. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the uh, yeah Thursday <laughs> show. Uh, we are back on the, uh, on the uh, YouTube feed, so uh, we got that figured out. Thanks to Braden Soprenant for his help. So you can uh, now stream the show, uh, search 97.3 The Fan on YouTube. You can watch uh, Tony and I and Frank get it done today on a Thursday afternoon. Good luck to Matt Scraby, who Tony said is hopefully hitting them straight. More more likely is the fact that he's trying to hack a ball out of the rough at needs, Torrey Pines right now. And he needs Popeye forearms in order yes, to get that Yes, according to our guy yesterday. Yeah, Popeye forearms. There's a reason I've never played Torrey Pines, and that is it. I don't yeah. really feel like looking for my ball in the rough all day long. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, how it's, often do I hit a straight drive? Like once a day? 
Most of the time, I'm in the rough. I mean, so. it's the one drive. It's the one drive that you hit that keeps you keeps uh, me coming keeps back. You coming keeps back. you coming back. All right. Before we get to, uh, and we talked about Belichick, and we'll get to all of, some of the candidates and some of the names that are popping up here and there. Uh, so let's get to some Padre and some baseball stuff here. Uh, first, a trade: uh, the Dodgers today parting with their number two overall prospect, Michael Bush. They also uh, gave up right-handed pitcher Yancy Almonte. The Cubs get those two players in exchange for a couple of uh, prospects of their own. Jackson Ferris, who's a left-handed pitcher. He's the Cubs' number eight prospect, for what that's worth. And Zaire Hope, an outfielder. So kind of a minor deal. But I know Michael Bush was a guy that uh, had some major league time with the Dodgers last year. They're expecting big things from him, but they uh, move on from him, trade him to the Cubs. Yeah, really nowhere for so, him to play right at this point. Cause yeah, you, fair you, enough. You remember, I, I, don't, I think initially Michael Bush was the guy they had in mind to take center field, but then the kid last year for them came, oh, out, Outman. Of, Outman came out of nowhere and kind of yeah, he, kind of, he was kind pretty of, good. He kind of sealed that that spot at least for them. And the other thing, you always got to be careful with the Dodgers because they tend to give away these number one and number two prospect. And outside of Josiah Gray, I, I can't think of one that is actually like. Well, that's what I mean. They, being they, they, productive. Who rates these things? <laughs> who sits there and looks at all five hundred players in your system and goes, ah, "He's number one. That guy's number fourteen. You know what? That guy's sixty-two. They don't know. They don't have any idea. Give me a break. They don't know. They just put a number on these guys, and yeah, some of them uh, pan out, some don't. But that's a a baseball trade. Uh, AJ Casavell's article is really good, Tony. Yeah, on MLB dot com. If you uh, care to uh, read it, and you know what, he's asking almost all the same questions that I've been asking. Yeah, and. And he's really trying to answer them about Jake Cronenworth and what the Padres do at first base. And in trying to answer them... More questions. More questions. (laughs) There's not really a great answer here. But here's the point of the article, and it's absolutely correct. Is there really a first baseman on the Padre roster? Yes, Jake Cronenworth played first base last year. But, and this is uh, A.J., Writing, it's abundantly clear the Padres are losing some value, and I agree with this, by playing an excellent defensive second baseman over at first base. Yeah. That and this. Most first basemen average, I don't know, 25, 30 home runs and an OPS of seven, nine, you know, eight or 900. Jake Cronenworth hits more like a middle infielder rather than a first baseman, and I've always felt you need to have. The proper guy slotted in at the proper spots. Yeah, a couple things. I think from a pure baseball standpoint, the numbers part that you're talking about, right, virtually by playing Jake there at first base, it makes him a average first baseman and a average defender. Whereas playing him at second base, with yeah, the, with he's the numbers, an all-star. He's, he's above average offensive player and Very a good. gold glove very good Infield. way to explain it. And so, but here's the thought I, I I would assume from from a Padre standpoint is, well, if you're getting that production over the average in other spots on the field, then, you know, maybe you can um, kind of, you know, supplement that which you're missing from Jake playing first base. But ultimately, as you said, the question remains, do you have a first baseman? And with Manny, you know, possibly being out early or having to DH uh, early, that means 
Jake's probably going to have to play second base temporarily, but that's not a long-term fix. Yeah, because they'll move Hassan Kim to third. But uh, speaking of Hassan Kim, and we talked about him yesterday, trading him would open things up for Jake Cronenworth to move back to second base. And it, to me, is just another example and reason why trading Hassan Kim is not the worst thing I ever heard. Tony and I both said this yesterday. We love Hassan Kim. We like him. We want him here. We don't want him to go. But we can't let that get in the way of doing what's best for this team. Right. And what's best for this team might be trading a guy that had a career year last year, has more value than he's ever going to have, and trying to fill a couple of spots back in return, especially since he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. See, I think we forget like when you have money to spend, you can overlook fit sometimes, right? Because you you have enough money to come over the top of that. But with the financial constraints that the Padres have this year, they're they're going to have to worry about fit and having a multitude of or surplus, I should say, of middle infielders may not actually may not be the best thing be, for this team right be, now. Exactly. Especially when you what what is the opposite of surplus? Um, non plus, what you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we'd go to Scraby. This is where we go to Scraby. Frank? Frank, what's the opposite of surplus? Why are you guys asked a trick question? <laughs> Nothing from Frank got, on that I one. I just get all this set up. Now you're going to ask me. I know me you got us he all was, set up. He was sweating you've been, to get you've the been sweating going. To get us. By the way, he does have them up. So if you yeah, like to listen on job. YouTube, go ahead. No, whatever the opposite of surplus is, somebody out there knows it and can tell us, but. That's what they have in the outfield, the opposite of surplus. Right. So shortage, deficit. Shortage. Yes, you're right. But I think there might be an actual word that would be a perfect deficit, perfect complement to the word surplus. But I, I, I can't come up with it. Padres. We'll see what they do. But uh, Cronenworth. The other part about Jake, and this needs to be said. He's got to have a much better year offensively than he did last year. Way yes. better. Yes. And we know he's capable of that. He's got a seven-year, $80 million contract. I know there was some discussion about maybe trading him, et cetera. I don't think anybody's going to take that contract based on what he did last year. So I think the Padres have to you know, get him comfortable and get him back to where he can be. I think, it's, I think this is important to say because I think we, it gets lost because he ended up, remember, he ended up breaking his wrist. And had to miss the rest of the season, but um, oh, by the way, deficit, deficit he was right. That was the that one that was confirmed by my man Jesse Agler. On Thank the you, tech, Jesse so. Agler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think that when it comes, what was, what was I talking about? I lost. My when point. it comes to Jake, first when it comes base. to Jake, I think it's important to remember July and August. He swung the bat at his normal. He was starting to bring starting it up. To bring. Now he had such a bad April, May, June that. You you tend to think about just that part of the season, but July and August he swung the bat well and looked like you know, go the right way, and then he got the, his wrist blown up there and, and yeah. had to miss the rest of the season. But you're right; ultimately, he's going to have to be. He fits into this. Honestly, he fits into the same category that most of the offense did last year, right? Pretty which much. Is, which is struggle early, get it going late. It was just not enough. Too late. And the other thing with Jake, as opposed to Hassan Kim, if you say to yourself, we got to trade one of these guys, and I want to keep Hassan Kim because I like him better and he had a better year, remember that Jake hits left-handed. And we don't and have And the any, Padres yes. don't have anybody hitting left-handed. Hassan Kim's another right-handed bat. Um, ben Higgins tried the word dearth. 
Dark D E A R T H. That's what he went with. That's what he went with. Everybody's chiming in on I'm, the opposite I'm happy of surplus. To know that my guys are listening like. Thank this you right guys now. for all of your help. Well, they know we need help. That's why. That's why Ben and Jesse listen to the show Wing just in help. case we need something. They're there to bail us out. Fair we enough. very much appreciate that. All right, uh, Mike Schilt was on the uh, 97.3 Airwaves a little earlier with uh, Annie and Elston, and. Uh, uh, we'll find out what the uh, new Padres manager had to say. Uh, we'll hear some of his comments. We will discuss when we come back. Still ahead on Gwen and Chris today, a daily gambit for you. What I'm looking forward to in the 3 o'clock hour, Tony and I are going to bear down and make our NFL postseason playoff picks. Oops, sorry. Oh, do you have another one? <laughs> Mark Grant also. Mark Grant's chiming in. He also takes dearth as well. Ah, Another vote for dearth. We got two dearths and a deficit. Thank you guys for all. We appreciate the help. Believe me, we need it. We need to put up a Twitter poll. Who's going to go with what? Yeah, that's right. Put a Twitter poll at the end of the show. Everybody's chiming in on this. Uh, All right, our playoff picks are coming up in the three o'clock hour. Uh, Tony and I. Tony won the regular season championship, but as we know, only the playoffs matter. So uh, you know, notice how I'm trying to slide that under the uh, yeah, trying to you. trying I to take you. away your sting of that. But uh, our playoff picks are coming up. We'll pick all six games in order of uh, how confident we feel about each game. So that comes up in the three o'clock hour. Then four o'clock, we'll have Chris versus the fans, the Big Five, and the rest of it. Gwen and Chris rolling on. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Pieces to the puzzle, to the Padre puzzle, keep coming together. Even though they might be small pieces or pieces you may not think are significant. You have to put all the pieces in to right. finish the puzzle. The puzzle can't be right? finished with, even if it's the smallest, measly, measly piece. Got you know the one that slips underneath the couch? Yes. That you can't exactly. find at the very end of the puzzle? All the 1,000 piece puzzle and there's two, miss, two missing at yep. the end every time. You're wondering. Measly. Where is are what I was trying to say. Measly. <laughs> Couldn't quite What's that. another word for measly? Mark Grant, <laughs> Jesse, you want to help us? <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I say that to say the Padres have agreed to arbitration, or avoided arbitration, excuse me, with four players in El De Los Santos, Michael King, who we had on earlier this week, Kyle 
Higashioka and uh, Adrian Mordeon all agree. And if, and if I I can't recall in AJ's time a, a player going to arbitration, I think he is arbitration clean so far. And arbitration is not clean. No, it is a dirty process. It is not a fun process uh, for the players who decide to go, which, you know. Yeah, tell everybody what happens in arbitration. You sit down, and then they come in and tell you how terrible you are. Absolutely atrocious. And how we don't need you and how invaluable (laughs) you are. Well, they don't say they don't need you, they need you. But they tell you how invaluable you are. Yes, for sure. we, we, not- you know, I mean, your fifty-two home runs and one hundred and sixty-five RBIs could easily be replaced. Yeah. And, uh, and and I imagine the uh, the arbiter sits there and goes, "Really? <laughs> okay." Sometimes, but as we saw, my man for the Brewers uh, last year, uh, the, the the ace the pitcher. Uh, oh yes, Mister Corbin, Corbin Burns. 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 He yeah. was he was not happy. He was not happy uh, at all. So. Um, yeah, Padres avoid arbitration there. Um, wanted to get in a little bit to what Mike Schilt had to say uh, earlier uh, on our on our airways here. And um, Schilt coming into his first year as a manager with the Padres, but certainly not his first year doing this. And he, he was asked, uh, really, let's first start with the Manny update because uh, I think that's going to be an, an important piece. He, he spoke on that update about Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean, Tom Lund's still – Good news is he's doing great. I mean, he's doing fantastic. Um, you know, he's winning the offseason like like sounds like a lot of our players are. He's you know, you would expect working hard, he's in a great place. I'm really happy you know, the fact that he's, you know, gotten some of this behind him and you know, clearly he's got a still road to head with the with the um physical therapy and the recovery. But he's doing great. All reports are positive, starting to swing the bat off the tee, soft soft flips. Um, so that part's good, starting to go play catch. You know, we look Everything's moving in a very positive direction, uh, dare I say, ahead of schedule. But, you know, we'll continue to take inventory of what that looks like leading into spring training. But, you know, we're he's optimistic, most importantly. Medical team's optimistic, and, and that leads me to have optimism that, that he's going to be ready. We just don't want to rush it. But he's in a good spot doing baseball activities, which is clearly good. Yeah, doing baseball activities on January 11th is, is, is really good. Well, you know, look, if he has to open up a DH – uh, for the first couple of weeks, fine. We'll be all right. It'll all be right. fine. I and again, the way the roster sits now, you easily move Cronenworth to second. You move Hasong to third. But then, as we talked about, all right, who's going to play first? They don't have another. They don't have anybody to play first base yeah. as of this moment. Has Garrett Cooper signed with anybody? I don't think so. I would call I think him he's still back. Still a free agent. I would call I, him. I, back. Although he's a right-handed bat, and I know they're leaning left-handed. I really liked him. Uh, here's the. I like that I guy. Mean, listen, I think. The one, th- the other thing that we know AJ has had a lot of success in is waiting till that February yeah. signing. You know, those late signings have often worked out for the Padres. Well, one of the reasons I think they work out is because if it's a late signing and and you're a player, aren't you going to be more inclined to maybe settle for just a little less because you know you're running oh, well, out of time? Of, of course, yeah, yeah, yes. right. That's when that, that that that's why that works. That ghost starts to hop on your back there, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm not feeling good about not having. A I don't job know that it's a ghost, Tony. I think it's uh, otherwise known as a wife. <laughs> Says, are we going to have a job this season? That hello, <laughs> that part too. <laughs> of course, yes, yes. The hey, wife. Garrett. You know, yeah, no, no, there's, there's no doubt that things get a little tight, get a little dicey say. there. Uh, one of the things I, I was interested in hearing from from Mike as he uh, spoke with Annie and Elston earlier today was 
how much he's heard from the players and, and, and what they've had to say uh, in return. Well, a couple of things in fact there. First of all, I just want to represent that while I have spoken to some of the bigger names of you know that are our, you know, cornerstones of the organization, you know, I have spoken to pretty much everybody on our on our club, forty man. So um, you know, I've been able to hear everything because the collective leadership and everybody's voice is important to to hear. So just wanted to make sure that's been represented correctly. Um, you know, listen, I think everybody's got their own take on on what happened. I don't think there's clearly no one that's pleased about it. Um, I think the best term I could say is it's a, it's a group that's hungry, um, but also a group that's, you know, learned, reflected, but is also really excited about moving forward and, and um, ready to take care of business in 2024. I would expect nothing different from, from Mike to, to hear from all of the guys and not just the, the leadership core uh, of this team, because I think he recognizes how important that is. Who, based on these numbers, who do you think is not going to have a better season? Jake Cronenworth, 48 RBIs, 229. Got to believe that he's just going to be better than that. Yeah. Xander Bogarts, I know he hit 285, but 58 RBIs. And he did, just didn't hit at all with runners in scoring position. I expect that to go you up. You got to believe that's going to go up. Even Manny, 30 home runs, 91 RBIs. I mean, he still ended up with a pretty good season, but he's he, capable of doing a little bit better than that. And he probably did that with more than half of the season with his elbow feeling like absolute trash. Yeah, he still ended up okay. And then the other guy who I don't think anybody's talking about in terms of is going to have a much better season, Tatis. Fernando, yeah. as, as wonderful as he was, only 78 RBIs and only hit 257. He struck out, what was it, 141 times, almost as many times as Trent Grisham did. Yeah. I believe Fernando has a chance to go 40, 110, 280. I already told you guys. So that's I, that in itself makes you a better team, all I, of that. I fully expect him to be in an MVP conversation. This coming season, I, I I honestly believe that, and so you know when any when anybody at the big league level is having an MVP type season, usually their team is 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 getting the benefits of that in a big way in wins and losses, winning so, games. Yes, and so uh, I I don't doubt that at all. Uh, the other thing, obviously, the Padres have have certainly. Uh, shored up is, is that bullpen, and and Mike spoke on that as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at that. Um, you know, being able to have clubs been successful and won at all different levels. Um, you know, been able to do it both ways. I think it's ultimately it's about your personnel. You know, you, you don't clearly it's, it's fine to have the guy down there that's the lockdown ninth inning guy that you know he's he's the dude. Um, but also know and has been successful with, and it's it's great to be able to have, you know, one you know a couple guys or you know more than a couple guys that, you know, can handle that role, have that experiences. You mentioned some that have already done it. Of course, Suarez has done it on the club. Um, you know, to be able to go to your point about, you know, best matchups, what that looks like. So, I think we're going to have flexibility, um, really good flexibility with our bullpen this year. Way it's shaping up. You know, Tom will tell about the absolute roles, but the good news is is you know, I've always said, you know, the better your 
the deeper your bullpen is, not only in the guys that can bring it home, but the guys that can, you know, go out there and, and um, compete and, you know, you're down two runs in the seventh and hold them there and give your offense a chance to catch back. That's, that's really a, you know, a big part of your bullpen as well. And I feel like we're going to have a deep pin and excited about that. And, you know, the one other thing is that, that it's interesting to me, at least as a, from the manager shares, you know, I don't know if you guys realize this, but sometimes the manager gets second guessed. Um, <laughs> it happens occasionally. What? And, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, and, and that honestly, it's one of the greatest things about the game, you know, because people have an opinion, people are into the strategy. But the thing that I find, uh, you know, kind of interesting about it is when you start talking about bullpens and the depth of them, that's important is, you know what, they're just not available every day. Um, and so having guys that are used to doing, you know, different things, different experiences, have the ability that traditionally maybe they grab the the seventh or eighth, but if the guy in the ninth is down, being able to push the bullpen back and allow guys to get opportunities in other situations. So when you have that, that's when you have a really, really good bullpen. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's going to be, uh, at least right now, That that's probably uh, a strength going as of right now for the bullpen in terms of, of, of depth. They've got a lot of it right now. I can't wait for Mike Schilt to turn to whoever is his bench coach that particular night. <laughs> right. Step up the steps toward the mound in the eighth inning with a one-run lead and say to their coach, it's go time. I'm going to get go. I'm getting go. Oh, that's, that that would be fitting. Get right? go. It's, it's go time. Go time. Let's get him in. I mean, you've got three guys just on paper that are the back-end closers, right? Matsui, Go, and Suarez. You've got Steven Wilson, who I think is so overlooked. Right. We have Just it. because I think he's really, really good and valuable. We hadn't even mentioned him this offseason. Not much. Yeah. But he's, he's really he's good. He's good. So I, I think you're right. The bullpen should be fine. I, I like the trade they made with Kansas City. Uh, it's a De Los Santos. Yeah, Santos, yeah. Um, now, you know, left-handed, you got Matsui, of course. You got a, the, the stylistically, you got a bunch of different looking arms that all can be, that all can present different ways. You know, you, you uh, De Los Santos, if I, if I remember correctly, he's not your typical over the top. No, I think he's a little bit of a sidewinder, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, looking at the way the the few videos I've seen of of, of go, um, like there's just not there's there's not a lot of similarities in these guys, and I think that could be uh, a little bit of a benefit. But nonetheless, uh, the bullpen it, thing uh, Annie and Elston talked to to Mike Shield about was uh, uh, the 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 idea of finding an edge, and you know you hear Mike and he, he come, he's really nice, but listen, I I've seen this guy fired up before. There's video actually circling. Around after uh, his Cardinals won, uh, got into the playoffs, he can get a little spicy. But he talked a little bit about uh, finding an edge. Uh, well, it, it definitely helps. Um, you know, it, look, we're always looking for an edge. You know, it's competition. We're looking to take everything that our opponent, you know, has, and, and then internally look to give away nothing. You know, that's for me the ultimate description of competition. And so there's a lot of different ways you're able to do that, and the, and the analytic view of it we call it our research development department who is really tremendous i really like the group a lot um and it's using that as as a tool and the good news is is i love the organizational philosophy of a a very holistic way of approaching it and 
you know, we just want to make sure we use all of our resources because we have a lot of them and we have a lot of really quality baseball people in a lot of different departments, our pro scouting, our research development, of course, our staff, you know, our medical, our strength conditioning, sports science. And these are all wonderful departments that we are very, very blessed to have that, that do a really good job. And really the, the key to it is creating a sweet spot where it's, it's, it works in unison. Um, we're able to take the, the best of all of it. We're able to create clarity for our individual players and our, our collective team into how we're going to use it all. Um, because again, the, the great news is we have a lot of it. And the, but the wonderful challenge is, is how to put it all together and make it, like I say, simple and actionable and, and, and individual because each guy likes different things and likes to operate with different, you know, different way of thinking. So, you know, that's, that's another part of partnering with the player, but you know, that's the, really the, for me, the biggest part of the job is, is managing all that and making sure, you know, the left and the right knows what's going so we can, we can create again that sweet spot to allow us to compete the best way possible. We'll hear more from Mike Schilt a little later on in the show, but I mean, Chris, spring training is uh, it's right around the corner, man. It's, I was thinking of that the other day. It's coming out pretty quickly. Here. When, it starts early for the Padres because of the games in Korea. So is it like the second week of February, third week of February, you're going to go down there? going to lose you soon. I haven't. Lo- it's I not haven't, much more than a month away. I haven't actually looked yet. Because it is coming so fast, but yeah. the first games are on the tw- the first game is on the twenty second. The Padres will play the Dodgers on the twenty second and twenty third, and then won't play them again until opening well opening day for us, right? In, in, in Korea. Korea, so but it's so starting it, it, really early. I would say it's probably yeah, it's probably that second week, maybe flat third week of uh, second full week of of February that spring training. Everybody's going to report Peoria. Coming up very shortly. Here's something I, I, I just looked up while Mike Schilt was talking there uh, because I want to just underscore my point about the guys that are on this roster returning this year that all figure to be better. This isn't just a guess. I mean, I, I think there's numbers that support it. Xander Bogart's career OPS. 22 points higher than what he did last year. Okay, so that's 22 points for Bogarts. Yep. Manny Machado, 47 points higher career to what he did last year. This is OPS. Jake Cronenworth, 60 points higher career OPS to last year. And finally, Fernando, and this is why I was underscoring Fernando, 126 <laughs> points higher in his career than he was last year. It doesn't mean that all four guys are going to return to the level, but that's normally how baseball works. You put up a career number. That's kind of who you are. Sometimes you exceed it. Sometimes you you and, perform and, less. But ultimately, that's about where you land. And that holds true, especially for guys that are still in their prime or have are reaching their prime. Like if a guy is on the back back end of his of his of his career. Yeah, maybe it looks a little different in career numbers, but none of the guys that you just mentioned right. are in that in that area. They're all certainly capable of getting back to where they normally are and even maybe even exceeding that. Yeah. So that that is the part. That is the part that not enough people are talking about. The Padres. Most of it is we lost Soto, the Dodgers got Otani. <laughs> There's no way to make up that gap. 
But there is. There if the guys is. that are still here that are very capable have better seasons than they did a year ago. Yeah. And, you know, the the irony, right, of the pressure that they had going in the last year and the ex- – more. let me use a different word – the expectation that they had going into last year versus what the expectation will be coming into this year, how much that has an impact, right? Because everybody was was – through the first, through April and May, everybody was trying to do as like the most damage you could possibly do in two months, and then you know they had to kind of find their way again. They found it by the end of the season, but I just think this year they don't have the same. I know this year they don't have the same expectation. No, I know that. Yeah, for we sure. hear about it all the time, all day long. Man. All right, let's uh, get to break. Three o'clock hour on the way. What will be different about the daily gambit today? Ah, got to find out. More Gwen and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.